Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Happy Saturday, everyone. This is the DFS Saturday tailgate with Sam and Chris Emmerich of drrodo.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. Chris, how are you this lovely Saturday? I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, I've, I've had my ups and downs. Uh, you know, everybody didn't get to see my my freak out that I, I, I realized halfway through. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm in the studio. She probably is in. She probably saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I we on <laughs> behind the scenes on StreamYard when when we enter the studio before we go live, we can see each other and hear each other. So I'm in the studio. I can tell I must be in a minimized window. And Chris is just having uh, what I can deem is just like a fit because some team is doing something that he's not happy with. And I was like, hey, I, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, man. All right. So, <laughs> hey, it happens. What What can you do? It happens, you know, we move on, we move forward. Um, but let's go ahead and get talking about our lineups for tomorrow. Very excited. I, we were also just talking about how everyone needs to make sure they set their lineups very early, set them tonight, or you have to get up really early tomorrow morning for that London game. So don't forget that. Yeah. Um, I, super exciting London games, the, the Jets, and the Falcons with no Calvin Ridley. Man, we we do send our best products over there. <laughs> this, this year, it's not the Jags, but man, oh, it's, yeah. they should send over some better teams because they deserve better. They just deserve better. That's just not fair. I mean, hopefully, there's some blowouts of like big fantasy points. Uh, someone that is weak at running back, I'm hoping Cordero Patterson just has like an insane day and just has like five touchdowns. So you know, fingers crossed. I, I look, I'm happy that I don't have to make the decision on whether or not I'm playing Cordell Patterson this week. So I can at least uh, at least rest for two more weeks because they'll be on the bye next week. So absolutely. Well, you're just lucky you don't have to deal with your my crappy running back situation that I'm dealing with. But anyways, on to more fun things, on to more exciting things. Let's talk about the slate. There's some big names missing, including the Sunday night game that we will not be getting to talk about. The Travis Kelsey's, the Tyree Kills, the Mahomes's, even the Josh Allen's of those to throw in our lineup. So that is a big blow right at the beginning. Yeah, it makes a lot of the decisions a, a little bit more difficult. But, you know, at the same time, I, I guess that gives it a, a different strategic angle that you don't have some of the crutches to rely on. But at the same token, I, I just love when the Chiefs are on the slate because it is a difficult situation in terms of fitting those guys in. And a lot of people take the easy way out of not doing it. So not even having that option does kind of suck. There is not a, a, a plethora of premier top end fantasy quarterbacks on today's slate, but I'm sure we'll go over some of those as, as the, the show goes on. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the new England and Houston game. Is there any players in that game that you in particular are targeting this week? No, just a super low total. I mean, it's actually the lowest total now on the, on the slate at like 38, 39, somewhere in that range. Um, not a ton here that I, I'm super interested in. I guess on the New England side, Damian Harris has some value, albeit not a ton. I'm probably not super interested, but he's inexpensive. And then Jacoby Myers has uh, been getting a ton of targets. Just one of these days, he's going to get into the end zone. I think I saw some weird stat that he's thrown more touchdowns than he's caught or something along those lines in his career. So, uh, you know, that's that's probably going to regress some way. Uh, you know, you get 26 targets, you're you're 
you're still fantasy viable, but um, you know, what are we really getting from this game? I don't know. Maybe you can go cooks the other way, or maybe the, maybe the Davis mills uh, stealing game happened in game one. And what we've seen is what we're going to get. And maybe we pay out for new England's defense. Uh, I, you know, I'm just not super crazy about this. Myers is probably my favorite play if I had to pick one. All right. Well, it's good to know which is your favorite should you have to pick one. So that's definitely helpful. Um, But let's talk about the massive ownership that Leonard Fournette has this weekend and how we can leverage that. Yeah. So uh, Fournette's ownership is slated to be around 20% or somewhere in that range. I mean, he's 5,200. No Giovanni Bernard makes a ton of sense. They do keep him in there for pass blocking. Uh, But how many times has Leonard Fournette let us down? The guy does not look good as a runner. He he honestly probably would be better suited as a tight end at this case because he can catch the ball and uh, for whatever reason, he just doesn't look good coming out of the backfield, but 5,200, he could score two touchdowns. I'm not crazy about it. I actually like going to Tom Brady and, you know, using that as leverage, pairing him with whether it's Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, or any of these guys, and then possibly looking at a run back with Jalen Waddle, who's still pretty inexpensive and has a pretty decent ceiling. I guess the biggest concern is that while Jacoby Brissett, and I have been talking about Jacoby Brissett, has been putting up uh, at least four level fantasy numbers for his price. He's doing so every time in that fourth quarter. There are a lot of quarterbacks that are actually like that, um, but it's just not something that I necessarily want to rely on. While this Tampa Bay defense has struggled against the pass, uh, Jacoby Brissett is definitely a step below, and he will not be a, a pivot away from Justin Fields for me this week. Gotcha. All right. Well, since we're talking quarterbacks, let's go ahead and talk Hertz versus Darnold. And in this game, what stack options we like? Maybe this is where I can start building my lineup that we end up playing for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's one of those that I I didn't necessarily, you know, it's a 45 total. It's the Eagles and the Panthers both have, you know, uh, the, the Panthers at least have a decent defense that did. I look a little pedestrian last week, but they were playing the Cowboys. You you can take that with a grain of salt. But when I'm looking at individual players that I want, I kept picking a lot of guys from this game that I thought um, could make it into some lineups. Obviously, DJ Moore is the, um, you know, the the darling of Sam Darnold in the sense that he is getting all of those targets. And even in a game where um, you saw Robbie Anderson get 10 targets, DJ Moore was still able to get there from a fantasy perspective. It doesn't seem like anybody else is really going to step up in that offense. So that's a pretty easy stack combination right there. Now, Jalen Hurts, you can play him, it seems like, every week. He somehow gets to that like 21 to 25 fantasy points, just like Brissett. He does a lot of it in the fourth quarter. But um, you know, there are stack targets with him. You know, Devontae Smith has looked fantastic. I've written up and talked about Zach Ertz quite a bit at his price. So I'm interested in this game. The one, the one piece that's hard to kind of get behind, but all-time low on pricing, all-time low on consumer confidence is Miles Sanders. Looks good when he runs the ball, but they give him like three touches a game, so it's hard to do anything there. But um, I'd like to see Miles Sanders for a variety of reasons, you know, get it going against Carolina. And maybe he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult when you see someone, you know, that can get get it moving, but they're just not getting the opportunity. That is just very frustrating. Yeah, there's always something that we probably don't see behind the scenes. And, you know, as 
fantasy analysts or fantasy managers. We always think that we kind of know better than these, you know, dumb coaches like who have no idea what they're doing. But a lot of times there's just something that we don't know in that equation. But when it comes to this, like, come on. I mean, what has Miles Sanders seen in the last? I mean, yeah, we love Gainwell here at Dr. Roto. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but two, <laughs> two carries and then seven carries, uh, this doesn't seem right. No, definitely does not seem right. Let's keep on the quarterback conversation, though, and let's move over to Joe Burrow with his matchup with against the Packers without Joe Mixon. Is he still someone that you're likely to throw into a lineup? I don't think Joe Burrow is going to make it into any of my lineups. I'm not overly enamored with Joe Burrow as a fantasy quarterback or even in this offense. Now, the loss possibly of Jair Alexander, I don't know if that is official or not. I, I know I saw something about it, but um, that does kind of upgrade some of the pieces there. Tyler Boyd, certainly interesting. A lot of people are going to be looking at Devontae Adams on the other side, and so he's a runback option. I just, you know, I don't know. I kind of like in this game, I prefer Aaron Rodgers at 3% ownership. Okay. Um, you know, he's a premier quarterback and certainly has at times a tendency to coast. But when you can get a guy like Aaron Rodgers at 3% ownership in a game where neither of the defenses are going to be full strength and neither of them are necessarily super good, I think that that makes a very interesting start to your stack. And then would you want to stack Rodgers with Devontae Adams off the top, or do you feel like Adams is going to be too highly owned? Um, he'll be pretty highly owned, but if you're playing um if you're playing Rodgers, you almost have to play Adams. I don't think we can go back to that Randall Cobwell. Certainly, you know, at, at four thousand he's viable, but I, I probably would prefer Adams quite a bit. Gotcha. And I mean, I know for me, I'm just hoping that Aaron Jones is fine. I know he had a like, little questionable cue floating around his name all week, and I'm looking now, and in DraftKings, he doesn't have it, so I'm just fingers crossed that he even starts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's super expensive on DraftKings at 7,900, but that, he, I mean, he's one of those guys that has a, a enormous ceiling. Um, obviously, the game against Detroit is, is evidence of that, and he's going to be completely um, forgotten in terms of lineup construction, ownership, and as a result, he's a great play, great leverage off of Devontae Adams. Just one of those situations, if they score you know, three touchdowns and he gets two of them, more than likely Devontae Adams has not produced in a way that uh, you know your fantasy owners want him to, um, and as such, you get that not only the boost and leverage off of Aaron Jones, but you get to kind of take a hit on those 20% of people that have Devontae Adams. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Let's keep it with quarterbacks just for a couple more guys. But Justin Fields is getting the official start. It's happening. Like Matt Nagy changed his mind twice, but he it's still now it's Justin Fields for, for sure. Will he hit the 300-yard passing mark this week? Uh, for his career, maybe. For his career? <laughs> yeah, for his career. Um, I think the Las Vegas defense is one of my favorite defenses to play. There are two defenses this week in um, fantasy that are, you know, medium price. They're both 2,900. They're both going against rookie QBs. And, you know, one of those, those QBs has not looked impressive in two starts, and it is Justin Fields. Um, yeah, he had a little bit of a better stat line against Detroit. But if you're only able to complete like 50% of your passes against Detroit, 
you don't want to run the ball and you hold on to it. I just, I don't have a lot of faith in fields throughout this season and targeting defenses against him. Seems like it's just a, a, a very plus EV situation, especially when you have a defensive line like the Raiders, not, you know, uh, overbearing pressure on the quarterback, but they do get there. They do force mistakes. And in comparison to some of these other defenses that look really attractive, you know, them and the Cardinals, 2,900 are just really, really good plays. I have no interest really from anybody from that Bears team. Yeah, I think the the running back, whether it's Damian Williams or Khalil Herbert, they're both inexpensive, but I just don't know what kind of role they're going to have if they, the Bears are behind or can't move the ball and, you know, how many plays they're going to run. Absolutely. And then so similarly with Trey Lance, Arizona is a buy low defense that you'd love to slot in this week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like everybody is talking about Trey Lance. I don't mean it. Like, I mean, like it's just all over the place. The people but, are excited. Let them be excited. For yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've seen it's like, oh, he put up 20 points in a half. He could put up, you know, 40 or 50 in a full game. Like, Pump the brakes. Let's let's talk about this for a second. Uh, he he was let, let's pull this up. I know he had like 150 yards passing, right? 150 mm-hmm. yards passing and a half. That's pretty that's that's really good, except for like 75 of it came off of one play where Devo Samuel was wide open. Like you don't get that open in the NFL. I mean, there yeah. was I, I could make that pass more than likely as long as I could see through the linemen and everything. But like to actually the accuracy needed to hit the wide receiver, almost anybody could make that. So you know you take that out and his line doesn't look that impressive anymore. You take out the fact that the other touchdown was in garbage time and it wasn't necessarily even a great pass. Again, it was Debo Samuel that made that touchdown, not Trey Lance. And his line's not that impressive. But in a full game, I do expect Trey Lance to actually pull the ball down and run it a lot more than we've seen Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Fields doesn't look like he wants to run, and Trey Lance does. And so, you know, he still has a floor. He's cash game viable, but he's not somebody that I want in the GPP. But he's going to make mistakes. And so the Cardinals defense, while they don't look as good as they did in the first two weeks, is certainly something that you have to consider at 2,900 because – you know, if this guy ends up throwing the ball 30 or 40 times because that Cardinals team gets out to a huge lead, he's probably going to throw one or two interceptions. Yeah, he's going to make a couple mistakes. And I feel like, yeah, Arizona started off hot and, you know, they've come back down to earth a little bit. But I do still think that they are a very viable defense that by the end of the season, we'll look back on and think that they put together some really amazing games. Yeah, you can't fault them so much last week for not getting that much or getting any sacks. They still got a fumble. They got an interception. They got two of each of those from the Jags. I mean, like, so this is a team that, you know, or a defense that can force turnovers, can get pressure on the quarterback. And against a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road, yeah, I mean, it's a great spot. Love it. All right, let's talk a little bit about Dak and the Cowboys and whether or not this is even the best quarterback he's in the even the best quarterback in that game yeah i mean you know i put that in the notes but uh, i mean obviously i think that he is but daniel jones no you just want to get people riled up and upset this morning i saw that note i'm like people are gonna get mad but okay (laughs) yeah i mean look daniel jones has played really well this year um even with all of these injuries around him um he's you know shown a lot of poise he's got a great pff rating um you know this game is one that you know people are are targeting as a stack game and it very well could be a shootout but this is a divisional game um and we've seen the cowboys when they get that lead 
just run the ball and they run the ball with Zeke and they're able to then bring in Pollard to keep both of these guys fresh. And, you yeah. know, they control that. When you look at how many passes Dak Prescott is throwing per game, taking out, you know, the Tampa Bay game, it's not that many. And, you know, that's why we've seen kind of CeeDee Lamb be really disappointing from a fantasy perspective, not just daily, but in my season long, on my, my best ball teams, I was feeling good after week one, but it has been, uh, slow going since then. And, you know, I'm concerned. Uh, I think one of the two wide receivers can be viable on a week to week basis, but if he's only going to throw the ball 20 to 25 times, I, I just don't think that you can get both of them involved when, you know, Zeke and Pollard are getting 25 to 30 touches themselves. Yeah. That doesn't seem sustainable. And I'm sure that a lot of fantasy owners like myself, I have CD lamb in a couple of leagues and it's just, you're looking at the numbers every week and you're like, but really this like, no, this, this isn't what I paid for. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's crazy. Both of these running backs, I mean, we were writing their obituaries after week one, you know, like Saquon Barkley completely washed and he's looked good and he's been getting the, you know, the workload that's necessary. Is he, you know, validating a, a top five pick? Not so much, but, you know, later in the the seasonal, you were getting him around the turn, which I think is okay, especially if he continues to progress. And really, everybody was writing off Zeke. I mean, we saw an entire season of him having, you know, just absolutely no fantasy output. And then to see him just completely ignored in, in game one, it, it, there was a lot of concern. You use that draft capital on a top five pick and Zeke thinking he's going to come back and he's roared back. He's looked good. Uh, I have him sub 10% ownership. I have Saquon over 15% between the two. I love playing Zeke. He's one of my favorite running back plays this week. Love it. So I might be just grabbing Zeke right now and throwing him into this lineup as I am constantly making lineups as Chris is talking so that I can make sure that I'm setting the best possible lineup. Love that. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about the Browns and Chargers game, which I think that could be, is it going to feel more like a, heavy defensive game or is this going to end up being a sneaky shootout between Mayfield and Herbert? I think it can go, you know, either way. And this could be a spot where, I mean, the, the, the general feel for me, at least initially is that this game ends up being a little bit of lower scoring game. And so I, I kind of am inclined to stack it as a result of that, because if that's your initial feeling, that's what other people's initial feelings are too. And so sometimes you want to go away from that because that's how you get, uh, you know, those, low owned spots that can blow up. I mean, people are looking at Keenan Allen. He's going to be highly owned at 6,500. He deserves to be, you know, double digit targets, even after a dud of a game, that's way too low for him. They didn't raise his price, but they raised Mike Williams, who had a absolutely atrocious Monday night performance, was not involved in the offense. And now he's in mid sevens, I think. Uh, let me pull this up. He is uh 7200 7200 super high price for him um he's gonna have half the ownership of keenan allen and for that reason i'm really really interested in playing him just because he does possess that ceiling but it's a very risky play on the other side of things my favorite play of the week and i've talked about it on every show that i've been on is nick chubb i just i love nick chubb this week and part of it is that i've been betting touchdown props for nick chubb for the last two weeks and he hasn't scored them and so now I'm completely invested, but I think this is as good a spot as any. Um, we were interested in targeting this Chargers defense just two weeks ago for rushing attacks, that they weren't good against the rush. We were talking about it. 
And all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, after uh, a pretty poor performance from Josh Jacobs, who was banged up, they're down 21 nothing at half. All of a sudden, this is not a rush defense that we want to attack with one of the premier running backs in the NFL because he doesn't get pass game usage. No, come on. This guy's going to score a touchdown. He's going to get 100 yards. He might score two, and he's going to get that 100-yard bonus, and he's going to catch a ball, maybe two. Uh, so I, I really love Nick Chubb. I like running it back if you want to with Keenan Allen, or if you want to get really crazy, Mike Williams. He was on that you know $40,000 uh, takedown team of mine. So I, I do have a, a soft spot for him, but he was at 35%. So I actually I have to buy a Brady jersey because he was my lowest owned guy. <laughs> gotcha. Now, how do you feel about Odell Beckham at a uh, six thousand? I, I mean, he should have had a touchdown last week. Uh, you know, whether he just wasn't fast enough or Baker just missed the throw, we'll never necessarily know. It could be a combination of both, but he's the obvious target if you're going to look at somebody in the passing game. I think Odell has a pretty good chance of scoring as well. Okay, love that one as well. Let's go ahead and move on to AJ Brown, who is back. A lot of people are excited about that. I am for one, as I have him in a couple leagues as well. So thankfully, happy to have him back. But is he going to have a big week this week? Do we stack any Titans in this matchup against the Jags? I think you can, you got to go one way or the other um, on this, whether it's AJ Brown or Derrick Henry. This Jags team is just in a bad spot. We've talked about how this urban Meyer experiment wasn't going to work. I mean, I, I don't think anybody thought it was going to work and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And I don't know if you saw the uh, clips at practice where they were kind of trolling them and they broke the huddle saying grind. No. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I mean, good. the team doesn't respect him. There's no way that he makes it through this year. I, I mean, maybe he does, but there's no way he's back next year. So, uh, this team has just been bad against Tennessee and bad against Derrick Henry. I remember that like 80 or 90 yard run that Derrick Henry like shed the other entire team on a Thursday night. It was actually right around the time I started doing the show with danger and Mark a couple years ago. And um, yeah, like just, this does have sneaky shootout potential. Tennessee now gets a weapon back. Um, and then you've got this Jacksonville team that's just always playing from behind and is going to throw the ball out. And without Chark there, I think, you know, Marvin Jones is going to command a lot more attention and should get a lot more targets. But we kind of saw Chenault kind of be that uh, safety valve for Lawrence last week. And I think he'll get more involved. And I mean, just everybody in this game, there's so many pieces I want to play. Derrick Henry, James Robinson, uh, Marvin Jones, Chenault, A.J. Brown, probably not all of them together. But when there's that many pieces that you feel like are going to have a chance to succeed, then you definitely want to take a look at the quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence and Ryan Tannehill and think about putting them in your lineup. Love that. Um, look, looking forward to another game too, Denver versus Pittsburgh. Maybe I'm not looking forward to it. I know I'm not. And stop texting me in the middle of the game and making me upset. <laughs> On a personal well, it is. Uh, man, it's, told you it's, so. It's, like I don't need the told you so text in the middle of the game, Chris. Come on. Man, it is. It is tough. It is tough for both of these teams. This is just like. I'm glad more than anything, I'm glad that this game is in Pittsburgh. And, and and part of that is because if it was in that late window, like they would have to show a ton of it on red zone because there wouldn't be another game. And it would just, it's, it's just not good right now. It's tough. Uh, but I do kind of like Deontay Johnson because come rain, come shine. Uh, no matter who's back there, the guy is getting 15 targets a game. And, you know, it doesn't matter if they're one yard out, five yards out, six <laughs> yards out. 
or even a deep shot seven yards out. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Hey, look, I'm a Lions fan. It's okay. Like you can make fun of the Lions. It's, it's, it's there. I, I know it. I, but I feel like at this point, when you keep making fun of the Lions, it's just like you, you see so you're out of jokes. You just have nothing else to throw at out because I mean, they're, there's how they have good moments and then they're sad again, but I don't know. I also love and respect that uh, Jared Goff has gotten there and he's immediately jumping in to help with the community and he's doing a lot of big community things there. So, I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we can like, you know, we can fire shots because we're not worried about them coming back. It's like, it doesn't matter if we're dead, <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not happening. Uh, you're not going to hurt us. We, we've yeah. been hurt. I've been through like eight rebuilds in the last 10 years. You know, there was a, one playoff appearance where we actually felt good about it. And then the, the refs robbed us in, in Dallas. And every year around that time, it pops up in my Facebook mentions and like my history of all the memes I posted. And I'm like, yeah, man, and then that was, you know, that was the year that then next game Des the famous did he catch it did he not? Well, who cares? Des ran out onto the field the day, the the week before should have had a, a penalty. There was a pass interference. They should have never been there. So it was just it was it was justice. But um, yeah, there's just there's not a lot to like if Drew Locke is going to be there. Even if Teddy's and it looks like, I, I don't even know. I thought it was going to be Drew Locke, but I'm I'm looking at some stuff here. I don't know. Either way, it doesn't change the the outlook for me. It's like Noah Fant and Deontay Johnson because both of these defenses are legit and both of these offenses, I could rhyme something there, but I'm not. They're just not good. They're just not good. Let's, let's talk about the Lions. <laughs> let's talk about the Lions and how they're missing a ton of linemen. Uh, Cook is hurt. It's a 10-point spread. Do you love this game then or no? No, not at all. Um, are you going to cry during this game or are you so dead inside from your lines that you don't even care anymore? I, I'm so dead inside. <laughs> like I don't even like I, I watch like the prime time. Game. Luckily, I'm not in the market, so I don't have to watch the games all the time. Um, and they don't show much on, on red zone for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, a lot of people are being or attracted to DeAndre Swift. And I kind of get it. We've talked about it week after week in terms of this being a good play just because of the Q tag. But I don't know with all the linemen out this offense, I, I think that they kind of already peaked the, mm -hmm. you know, they, they surprised us, but as the season drags on, this is just going to be problematic. And I, I don't like playing Swift here. I don't like any part of the Lions offense. I think Madison will be very chalky if Cook doesn't go, and I don't think he should. And I think Madison should be chalky at 5,500 against Detroit. Um, but the one guy that's going overlooked seemingly is Justin Jefferson, sub 10%, has as high of a ceiling as almost anybody on this slate. And as bad as the Lions' rush defense has been, it's really been the Lions' entire defense. So, you know, I like any part of this Minnesota. You just have to hope they don't spread it around. They condense it and it certainly happens. But other times everybody gets a touchdown. But still, Jefferson should get double digit targets close to 100 yards and, and hopefully a touchdown. OK, so and then in terms of, you know, Hawkinson is questionable as well. So he's someone that you're completely steering clear of. I like Hawkinson if he plays, um, yeah. you know, if he doesn't, I think it's certainly you can take a stab at one of the Detroit wide receivers, whether it's Amon Ra, St. Brown, Quintez Cephas, or Khalif Raymond. But uh, Raymond at this point is a little too expensive for my liking. Okay. Cephas is getting there. It's just what kind of ceiling do these guys have? Maybe 12 points. And that's that's a tall task for him. So. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up with one of the last questions here, which is how many touchdowns will Taysom Hill steal from Camaro this week? Yeah, like massively tilting, right? Like it, I have been talking up Alvin Kamara and, you know, just he's getting the opportunities and then all of a sudden you get into the red zone. Like why? Why is why is Taysom Hill? Why is he why is he still a thing at this point? You have Jameis Winston, who obviously has a better arm, who is obviously a better quarterback. I like what what what's going on? Like I just I, I don't even have anything to say. Like you, you have Alvin Kamara, you get low ownership, and then he doesn't he, he gets two touchdowns stolen from him, two, and one the week before. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I have Taysom Hill on some best ball teams, and that's cool, but Sorry, I can't stop laughing because I just love. I just think it's so quotable. Why Taysom Hill? Like why? Like like what? Why? Like why do you keep doing it? Like I guess he keeps scoring, but like would would Alvin Kamara not score? Like did they not score rushing touchdowns before Taysom Hill got there? Of course they did. Yeah. Like why? Why the guy scored like the most touchdowns in the league last year? Like why wouldn't you give him the ball? It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And you know, Kamara that kind of should keep his ownership low on some weeks. I think he's above 15, between 15 and 20% this week. Let me take a look at what I've got here. Um, when he gets up that high, it's challenging because he does have a ceiling. You know, I've seen some people, some uh, really not sharp people, probably one of the least sharp people I've ever met in my life, uh, make a comment about Alvin Kamara. And despite this guy saying that he has no bias, he has quite a bit of bias here, thinking that Kamara, just based on the the snap count that they have in in new Orleans is not a good play. Of course he's a good play. They do scored. They scored two rushing touchdowns last week, but they just didn't go to Camara and he had 120 yards. It's a, you know, that's a 24 point explosion. That's, that's a good output from an eight K running backs, like a 10%, but yeah, I've got them at 15%. So I'm, I'm probably not super interested. Um, I mean, I guess so though. Wait, this, you know, this Washington team is bad. Yeah, they're, they're they're really bad. But are they as bad against the run? Let's let me pull something up here. I just know that they're bad. I, I love mean, my... watching your process. Like by the way, this is just I'm getting so much. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so this is one of the reasons that you can't just look at defense versus position blindly because yeah. they gave up 48 points to running backs last week. But that's on DraftKings because Cordell Patterson is classified as a running back. But on FanDuel, he's classified as a wide receiver. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw the clip where uh, Arthur Smith goes over to him and he's like, yo, people are going to think I'm on your, you're on my fantasy team or something. <laughs> I did not see that, but I need to see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so Washington's been decent against the run. They've given up a ton through the air. So maybe this is like, maybe this is the week that we've been waiting for. Maybe this is like when we can play Deontay Harris or Marquez Callaway or um, I don't know, maybe like Taysom Hill will throw the ball up and like throw it to himself or something and get all the catches. Oh, like but... Bugs Bunny play, just like throw the ball and run in the end zone and catch it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I want to play one of them because I do like Taylor Heineke. I think that he is actually the best pivot away from like a Trey Lance at 57 to go to 5,900. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, Seattle or not Seattle, uh, New Orleans team. I don't know why I said Seattle. There's Saints. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um Seattle Saints. Yeah, same thing. Sure. Yeah, it's close. It's close. Uh, Hashtag it, analysis. 
They've been they've been decent, but they gave up 30 points to Daniel Jones. Are you trying to tell me? I mean, I know I tried to tell you Daniel Jones is better than than Dak Prescott, but are you yeah. trying to tell me that Daniel Jones is better than Taylor Heineke? Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to that, but I mean, I personally am out on Daniel Jones and have been. So every time he does something, everyone's like, see, and I'm like, yeah, but just wait till next game. And then next game I'm always proven right. So I mean, for me, it's just and with Heineke, it's like we, we wait for that. Like, you know, right? It's like, oh, okay, he put up 24 points against the Giants. It's the Giants, though. Yeah, but I feel like nobody's expecting anything from Heineke any week. No one's expect. no one is out there absolutely just insanely hype training in Heineke, just like, this is going to be the most amazing week. What do you guys think? No one is saying that. So every time, if he does something cool, it's a surprise. And if he doesn't do anything, no one's surprised. Yeah, I mean, he even did it in a game where they were down like tremendously, was able to still be pretty viable uh, against Buffalo. And then last week, look, they shouldn't have won that game. I don't understand why at four minutes, like it just doesn't even make sense. Like you're, it's four minutes, they have two timeouts, you're at your 30. Mike Davis has gotten a combined two yards on 15 rushes. Let's run the ball two times. Why? Why? Why would you do that? You're just going to give it back to him. It, like it was, it was obvious what was going to happen and it did happen and good for Heineke. Cause it was a great story, but he's sub 1% ownership. I love pairing, you know, him with, uh, you know, Terry McLaren. Uh, just obviously they have something between the two of them and then Curtis Samuel at three K. So this game is just, the problem is figuring out who to play on the saints. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem. Is that what keeps you up at night as well? It might keep me up tonight or it'll like rack my brain tomorrow. And I'm just going to be like, man, like I, then all of a sudden I have to enter in an extra lineup just to kind of divert off of it. That's, that's the biggest thing when you find a lineup that you like and you're like, all right, I've, I've entered everything that I want. And then you're like 200 off. Cause it's, it's always like that. You're always a hundred off. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I've got to change this, but I can't because if I, if I, if I change this and don't enter in another lineup and that guy goes off, uh, you see a kind of like a, a meltdown, like I had, you know, in the pre-show. <laughs> again for those that missed the the meltdown i mean i wish i had the camera rolling but i did not <laughs> although if that's your biggest freak out i guess it's not that bad because oh that's not my biggest freak out that was a minor <laughs> one because it wasn't like i mean that wasn't one like i understood the lot like it, you get tilted sometimes when the process is right but you just make the wrong decision uh because another process was right the sure. process was absolutely right not to play him um but you know the results just kind of suck and you have to freak out a little bit yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes things just don't work out the way you want to, but somehow we still play fantasy football every year. And we, if anything, we're not getting rid of leagues, we're adding more or playing more DFS. So, one or the other. So it goes. All right, let me run through this lineup that I have set for you, for me. And then you tell me if it's terrible or if it, or if there's another player at a similar price that I should change out. Cause the only position here that I'm not excited about is the tight end position because I ran out of money. Okay. <laughs> just, just being honest. All right. So I've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I have Zeke and Damian Harris as running backs. I have AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Christian Kirk. And then I'm flexing Chenault. And I've got CJ Uzoma as my tight end. And then I got the Raiders defense. Guess I would never build that lineup, but like. <laughs> I, I just like I, I see how you got there everything based I off said, our conversation. I, I got I put it together based on you're like uh everything you just said is a no. 
cool. I didn't say it was a no. I just said I would never build that line. I would have never gotten there, but I understand how you got the pieces and put it together. Uh, so I, I don't hate it. Like you have the, the problem is that I don't think you have like a good run back on the, the Bengals, but you do, you have Uzoma, but like, is Uzoma yeah. going to score uh, two or three touchdowns? Maybe like, I mean, he did last time. So mm-hmm. um, I don't like, I don't know. Let's see. Let's think about this for a second here. You've got, you said Damian right, well Harris. Then, yeah. I've got Rogers, Elliot, Harris, AJ Brown, Adams. I guess Christian Kirk, I could change out. I think Christian Kirk. So I've got two guys, one guy that we didn't talk about, and it looks like maybe Antonio Gibson might be out. Um, so you could probably play JD McKissick over Damian Harris, save an extra $500. And then instead of Christian Kirk, you've got 5,400 for a wide receiver. And you could go with like a, I mean, you could go with like a Tyler Boyd at that point instead of Uzoma. And then, and I'm going to just, I'm going to feel bad if, if Uzoma, uh, then you could play like a, Ricky Seals Jones or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. See, this is how I ended up where I was. I, I mean, I just, I'd say, just stay with it. Just roll with it. Like, just no, because... I already took players out because you uh, said it was bad. <laughs> I know. I, I, all right. I didn't I say like it was bad. I just play. said I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got there. I wouldn't have built it. Doesn't mean it was bad. I mean, actually, you know what? Keep Damian Harris in there. Keep the lineup in. And what I would say is this monitor news tomorrow. Okay. If in fact, Dalvin Cook doesn't play. You have 5,500 in salary. You can just put Madison right there. Okay. I like that. That also means I have to get up at like 530, though. No, you don't. You, you don't have to because this doesn't remember. This doesn't oh. have the, the the London game in it. So you, you just have to get I'm up good. You know, like 930. Like 930. Okay. I guess I can I can deal with that. All right. Perfect. Sweet. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you don't want to throw in the lineup that you initially think or that I think. So that that's a good lineup. I think it has it has upside. It has phenomenal upside. That's all we want. We just want some upside. And it has know. some floors. It it has a floor. It has a very real floor, but a lot of lineups do, and that's what you need. It has a floor to stand on. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, thanks so much, Chris. And where can people find your next article for DFS on Dr. Roto? Uh, it's on drroto.com under the DFS section, uh, cash or not, uh, it's the chalk pivots and plays article. And then you can catch me here every, uh, Wednesday, uh, with danger or Mark. And then with you on Saturdays, and then there'll be a lot more content with world's group stages kind of kicking off planes have finished. And, uh, we got some big tournaments starting Monday. So nice. Love that. Are you going to be in the discord at all this weekend as well? I'm always in the discord. Guys, Chris is always in the Discord. You have questions. I always have questions. I mean, I'm just going to send him a text. But still, like you guys should definitely jump in the Discord so you can ask him your DFS lineup questions. That way, you guys can set the best lineup. Absolutely. Love it. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the DFS Saturday Tailgate with Chris and Sam. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at drrota.com. Have a great Saturday. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be 